0: This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your Home Life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash home This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So, whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Simply said, is the place we come together to talk about the simple ways we can live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world while we're at it. Are you ready? Let's do it! Welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about the practical things we can do to live well, do good, and be happy. And I say practical because these are the things that even I can do. And if I can do them, you can do them too. When we talk about living well, those things are really in the details of our life, right? Our beliefs, our behaviors, the words we use, the people we choose. And We talk about this on the podcast so much, because I think it's the details that make a difference. There is much we can't control in our lives, but we can always control our response and we can always control the beliefs we allow to navigate our lives as long as we know what they are. But what happens when our lives look good on paper or to the world, but we know that our life is filled with nonsense. Nonsense like stress eating, self-sabotage, fear of success, fear of failure, people pleasing and other things that get in our way and keep us from truly living the lives we want to live. That's what we're going to be talking about today with author, podcaster, mom, triathlete, Meredith Atwood, author of The Year of No Nonsense.
1: Welcome, Meredith. Hi, Polly. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, thanks for being here. You know, I'm, I'm referring to your book straight up because it, I really connected with the stories you shared in there. When, when things feel good to the outside world, you know, we have, the, we have the healthy kids and we have the kind husband and we have a successful job and yet we don't feel good about it inside. In fact, we know we're imploding and not something you open the book with right away, you go into some personal details. What was going on for you that brought you to this realization that your life was
1: filled with nonsense? Yeah, so I had it's kind of a decade that, that encompasses kind of my journey. But about ten years ago, I started doing the sport of triathlon, which was wasn't a really big deal except the fact I was 250 pounds and had never done any endurance sports in my life. So I got myself together you know, I started doing triathlons. I started getting more fit. I lost a little bit of weight and um, created a business and all this stuff. And I was feeling very proud of myself. I did four Ironmans and I wrote a book about triathlon. And so up until this point, I thought, you know, I've got myself together. This is, I'm, I'm working I'm I'm doing, doing some good things. And Um, I realized that it it happened one morning. (laughs) It, It was kind of the culmination of it all. Um, I woke up and I turned my alarm off and I went back to sleep. And that was interesting because I was the type of mom that no matter what, um, what had happened the night before, whatever, I always did the things I was supposed to do. You know, I got my kids to school. I took care of my house, my husband, I went to work. I did all these things. But this morning was remarkable because I did none of those things. I just went back to sleep. And so a couple hours later I woke up and it was like the kind of scary wake up where you don't really know where you are because it turns out I was pretty hungover. And, um, I went downstairs and on the counter there was empty wine bottles, pizza boxes, um, ice cream containers, and unpaid credit card bills, like all lined up on display. And I thought, I don't remember lining these things up like this (laughs) last night. Um, So next to all this on the counter, there was a note, and it was in my husband's uh, smarty pants scientific handwriting. And it said, you need to get your shit together. And I thought, who is this note for? (laughs) (laughs) This is not for me. So I got mad, you know, I thought, I do all this stuff for you and these kids, and you know, let me show you my resume, like I'm great on paper. And so I started to text him like this really angry text, complete with like, you know, the double horn emoji and a knife and maybe a coffin because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to kill this guy. Um, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw a poster board that my first grader at the time had left. She had asked me to help her with a science fair project for school. And I promised her I would the night before. And I realized it was sitting there on the floor. She didn't take it to school. I didn't show up. I didn't even give her an excuse why. And that punched me in the gut because I realized I was living this lie. I mean, I had built this business. I had this book. I was this quote unquote, inspiring triathlete and motivational person. Yet I was living this life of a fraud because I was drinking way too much and I was not taking care of the things that really mattered. And that was a big wake up call. And so shortly after that, I quit drinking, which (laughs) was a big step. And um, then I got out of the legal profession, which for me was a great step. But I still felt like everything was kind of a mess. It it was like this moment where I realized that there was all this stuff going on in my life. I was entertaining garbage on social media. I was doing things I didn't want to do. I was not taking care of things. And this word popped into my head. And I was like, that is nonsense. As mm-hmm. absolute nonsense. And that was kind of where it started. It, it was this culmination of things and, and this like revelation that so much of what I could see that I was living and participating in was nonsense. And I loved that word. And so after that popped into my head, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a year of no nonsense. I'm going to get rid of all this nonsense. It's going to be great. And so I started to, you know, go down that path. But what I realized in this quest to get rid of nonsense in my life, it actually was a lot harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. And it brought up a lot of things that I had no idea would come up about my past, about childhood, about addiction, about failure. I mean, just the whole gamut. And so the year of no nonsense turned into this, this way of living in the, the book took a little bit, I mean, it has funny parts for sure, but it, it's definitely like a, a dig of a book, you know, if you really want to get into your life and, and figure out what isn't leaving you kind of feeling stuck and sad and, and unmotivated, like this is the book that kind of went on that journey with me, because it's, it's almost like a real time <laughs> uncovering you
0: bear it all. And I think in in sharing our stories, our humanity with each other, that's where the power is, right? That's when you start to not only reclaim your power, but the rest of us can learn and realize, hey, okay, I'm not a bad person. I just got some nonsense and I need to get in here and really understand what that is. On the first page of the book, you have a fantastic list of nonsense, right? And I read some of them. Stress eating, uh, eating too much, eating too little. Yeah, a spoon and a jar of peanut butter. Meredith, what is a spoon (laughs) and a jar of peanut butter?
1: That is hanging out like in one place together. If you sit down with a spoon and a jar of peanut butter, that could be some nonsense in your life. Now, (laughs) the beautiful thing about nonsense, yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing about nonsense is to realize that it's subjective. My nonsense is not your nonsense, but we all have our own brand of nonsense and we're doing a bunch of it. And so you have to identify. And so that list in the beginning of the book is, is meant to be like thought provoking, but it's not necessarily like calling anyone out because mm-hmm. we all have different issues. But at the same time, we all have very similar issues. It just kind of depends where they come from. How do we begin to find our own nonsense? Yeah, so the book has really one goal. It's, well, there's two goals in the book. Number one, it's to realize that we are here to live. Life is short. We're not gonna have it forever. There's no guarantees. We are here to live today. And so that is what I, how I start the book out. I want people to, to really think about what that means. And if we're here to live, we wanna live our best lives, right? We wanna make the most of our time. And so the, the way we begin to get out of our own way and to see our nonsense is to see. And what I mean by seeing, I mean get our heads out of the sand, Stop pretending that things aren't happening. (laughs) Stop pretending that we don't have an active role in our lives. Stop pretending that we don't have a choice. We have choice. We have a voice. And in order to make changes, we have to see. And I mean, see, see the truth, truth about ourselves, the other people around us, our habits, our imperfections, our failures, our gifts, everything. Like just see the truth So we're here to live. And then we see the truth. And the beautiful thing about once you see the truth. And once you kind of go down this path of, okay, well, now that I see the truth, what, how much of this truth is nonsense? Like what are the things in my life that are nonsense? Then you have a choice because if we're walking around with our head stuck in the sand, we can't see anything. <laughs> sand is made of lies and it's dark down there. And you can't choose what you want to do with the things that are keeping you sad and stuck and unmotivated. So when you're able to see the truth, you can then make a choice about it. You can say, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore, or I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Or you can say, this is too overwhelming. I'm not going to deal with this right now. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to fix everything at this moment. And, and fixing is such a bad word anyway, because we're Mm -hmm. not broken. But in order to make any substantial changes to live, to be in our best life, we have to see the truth. And then when you see the truth, you can begin to decide what you personally, you, you, you want to do about it. Not society. Not other people, but you. There's a certain amount of people-pleasing
0: that we all do. We are motivated by certain things, and we almost sell ourselves on the fact that, oh, it's okay. I can just do it for 10 years or yeah. whatever. But you say in the book that that stuff kind of eats away at us, that it keeps us from truly living, and that people-pleasing is a big kind of nonsense for many of us.
1: Yes. It's, it's one of the biggest kinds I'm starting to learn the more I talk to people, Um, after the book is, is that's a, it's a big thing for, for many people. And yeah, if you're doing something in your life, whether it's your job, your career, your relationship that is slowly making you crazy and making you miserable and you're dreading it, whatever it is that will eat at you and and I was dying a slow death with alcohol and law <laughs> like it was just a sl- and it was like this I call it the socially acceptable path of dying because everyone was like oh you're a lawyer and you're you you love wine, you know. I mean, and that's all socially acceptable stuff. And and look, it's not the profession of law that was nonsense. It was nonsense for me because conflict, like direct head to head, lawyer to lawyer conflict, really stressed me out. There's a lot about the legal profession I loved. Um, I love the research. I love the writing. But the direct, like you know, cutthroat nature of it really hurt me like it just it was not good for me and but everyone was so proud of me my parents were so proud of me my grandparents were proud of me and so it was hard to say this is not my life and the the really important part about me leaving the legal profession is everyone's like well it must be nice to just be able to quit your job and what I always say to that is yeah I had a side hustle <laughs> for eight years eight years I, I kind of carved a path of how do I get out of this I got certified in, in triathlon coaching and nutrition certifications. i built this blog. I wrote another book I, while I was practicing law, all this stuff to prepare me on the path to get out of the legal profession. And so when I talk about people pleasing, like the, the question is to ask yourself, you know, who, whose life are you living? Like, I was a 38 year old living someone else's life, you know, and if you're not living your life again, back to the main point in the book, we're here to live. You know, so let's see the truth. Like, who are you trying to people please? Who are you trying to make happy? If it's not yourself, like, we got some work to do. And then the next part people get stuck on is like, well, what do I do about it? I don't have a choice. I have to have this job. I need the health insurance. Yes, all of that is probably true. But what we also need to recognize is that life, you know, can you be doing what you're doing in 30 years, 40 years? Can you dedicate that much time to being? you know, just tolerating something, to being unhappy, to being miserable, to get out of something, to make a change. You do have to create a path, but to create a path, you have to see what's in your way. And, and so all of this is tied up into identifying what nonsense you're living, perpetuating, tolerating, and, and how to get through it. And you may have to create a, a plan and it may take some time. Time is passing. So we might as well be doing something that, that, means something to us.
0: Well, and what better thing do we have to do but invest in ourselves? That fallacy that we don't have a choice. This is one of my pet beeves. I'm getting on my soapbox. Yeah, it, yeah it get it. I'll get, make room
1: for me. I'll get crazy. on it too.
0: The other day my daughter came home and she's like, mom, you know, I had homework to do, but I I couldn't get it done. I didn't have a choice. You told me I had to unload the dishwasher. And (laughs) man, we just had that talk right then because here's the deal, that we always have a choice in how we're going to respond or how we're going to think. I'm not saying you need to leave your rotten job tomorrow. I don't think anybody's saying that. But what you can acknowledge is, number one, the core beliefs that led you there. And and then number two, the reasons why you're still there. So, you know, so many people say, well, there's nothing I could do. Well, I'm in a rotten job, but I have no choice because we need the money. I had no choice. I, I had to stay married to him because I, I didn't have resources. You know, yeah. that, I think that, idea is how we play small and limited and and don't truly live and i'm not saying these choices are easy they're painful they're scary they require work they require years sometimes of laying the foundation to get really clear about the what the choice is But you can always choose to look at why you're staying in the job differently. You know, I I don't love my job, but I love being able to provide for my family. So I'm going to stay here till summer. Or I don't love my job, but I'm going to give it five years and explore getting my degree. And that's, I think, where the living comes in. That's when we become deliberate and in charge of our lives rather than just being navigated by these core beliefs that we lost sight of a long time ago. You say nonsense is the way often we define ourselves or the way other people define us or the names we're called, the names we use, right? You talk about being a hot mess and how mm-hmm. that was a, became a form of nonsense for you. Why are these labels and these definitions and these names so important to us moving forward? Oh, on? yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, names and numbers, those can be some of the most damaging things in our lives, and we don't even know it. We don't even know it because sometimes the names we're given as a kid, a nickname, or even our real name um, can, can have a connotation to it that we've been carrying around like if you have a a nickname you hate and and you've just adopted it um like for people that call themselves hot messes (laughs) like I was nicknamed a hot mess for a while and we thought it was funny and then I realized I had one friend who said you really need to drop that and I thought what's the big deal and he said you don't want to be called a hot mess you're not a hot mess and it's it's not a good idea and then I thought oh it's fine but I realized the power of naming as I went through this process and what it means to adopt a version of yourself that either you gave yourself or someone else gave you. If you walk around in your head all the time and say, Oh, I'm just lazy. Um, or I'm, I'm, I'm always late. I'm undependable. I'm never going to get, you know, whatever you're saying to yourself, your brain is going to believe and you're going to also follow your actions are going to follow that name. And so I talk about in the book, like when I was a kid, my dad nicknamed me bear, which I actually like. I think bears are great creatures. And I, they made me feel that nickname made me feel strong and, and I kind of embodied it. But in the same breath around that same time, I was told I was not a runner. I I had a coach tell me, you're, you're not a runner. And so I adopted that as, as part of my persona. Well, you know, I'm strong, but I'm never going to be a runner. And so when I started doing triathlon and I started running, I was like, oh, this is hard. I'm not a, you know, cause I'm not a runner. <laughs> it's hard to run when you're not mm-hmm. a runner. And I realized that I had to change that. I had to change that thought. And the same thing with numbers. I mean, we put so much emphasis on our, our body weight, our social media followers, the amount of money in our bank accounts, all these numbers defining us as who we are And if you want to change things, you have to redefine the names you're calling yourself, the names you tolerate other people calling you, Mm -hmm. your numbers that you are basing your worth on. Like so many of us, especially women are basing our entire worth on the number that the scale reads back to us in the morning. The whole day is made or broken by that number. And look, it's just a data point and it's find a way every day but put those numbers where they belong, like put them in their place. It's just a data point. It's not a, a soul measurement point. It's not who you are. And and that's very important is to identify what names and numbers are part, part of your nonsense.
0: That is a great practice for our Simply Start segment today. Each week, we identify one thing we can do right now to begin moving into the life we want to live. And so today's Simply Start is pick your warrior name. I love this idea of changing our name or changing the way we define ourselves with what our potential is what we want to be what we are now what we can be so today I want you to think about some of the things, some of the nicknames or things your parents called you or the, the definitions you gave, your, gave yourself or joked about. I want you to clear those away, the things that don't feel good, the things that are holding you back, and simply start creating the life you want to live by picking a warrior name. Uh, do you have any approach to that, Meredith? Is, is there a way to do this or is it something that you, just makes you feel good and powerful again?
1: you know, what is a name that you like that makes you feel strong and and people struggle with this. But when I talk to people uh, who come to book events or something, they're like, I picked my warrior name, it came out of nowhere, I did something and then I was like, you know, virtuous Vicky or something. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's great. You know, so just just let it kind of come to you. Um, something that embodies strength, like, you know, I like bear, if you don't, if you can't come up with a name, be a bear. That's what I say in the book, like you can borrow bear. Be a strong, lovable creature that takes care of their cubs. <laughs> and right. like, you know, just, just pick something that feels good. If, if, you know, an animal is a good place to start. If you, you know, have a spirit animal, be like, you know, I'm going to be a tiger or whatever. Because it's something fun that you can go to to help you, you feel better.
0: And that's really what this is. Have fun with this and feel it in your body. And next time you're feeling nervous or insecure or scared or angry, Next time you're noticing the nonsense in your life, channel the bear or channel yeah. your your warrior name or whatever it is that's going to take you out of that moment and remind you who you are. Because this is the stuff that we have inside, right? We just get cluttered up with stuff, thoughts that other people had about us, things we took in and believed about ourselves, people pleasing, the other nonsense we bring into our lives. And this is a fun way to start moving out of that. and, and uh, moving in the direction that we want to go. And that brings us to the Simply Nifty section. Each week I talk about a favorite practice or book or website or idea uh, that really makes life better and more fun. And today I'm going to offer another practice that Meredith describes in her book, The Year of No Nonsense, because I think this is really important to get to the foundation of the, the beliefs that often hold us back. And that is recognize the places where you've made excuses or where you've used blame or limitation to keep from growing into the things you want. Recognize the places where you've kept yourself back because you felt you had no choice and write down that lie. I have no choice, I have to stay in this marriage because he's a good provider. I have no choice, I have to divorce because she's crazy. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is, write down what the lie is you've been telling yourself. You have no choice is the lie, right, or the excuse. Write it down so you can see this. And then rewrite it. I do have a choice about where I work. I do have a choice about what jobs I look for. I do have a choice about where I live or who I'm married to or how I feel when I wake up in the morning remind yourself of the lie, and then rewrite the lie into your truth you're going to live by. I think that is so powerful. I did this, and there's more than one that arrives here
1: for me. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We are humans,
0: right? We're going to pull up all kinds of things. But But to me, that's the success that's in the doing is recognizing the lie, shining a little light on it and rewriting it. To me, that's getting rid of the nonsense right there. Anything you wanna offer Meredith before we go forward into our day?
1: Oh, just, you know, everyone just remember that, that we're here to, we're here to live and to, to be the best versions of ourselves. And there really is freedom on the other side of truth. And, um, the truth will set you free even someone said, but not before it's through with you. And, and I think there is some, there's some truth to that truth, but don't be afraid of taking the next step because even if you're really struggling right now, there is, there is freedom on the other side of, of coming to the truth and, and figuring out what nonsense is holding you back.
0: Yeah, there is freedom on the other side. And I think the path itself is, is pretty fun and interesting and a whole lot more empowering than waking up to the uh, need to get your shit together note, I imagine. Huh?
1: Yeah, I don't get those <laughs> notes anymore, which is uh, really that's nice. That's
0: <laughs> Meredith Atwood, thanks for being here. You can find more of Meredith's work at swimbikemom.com. That's correct. And everywhere on
1: social media, Swim Bike mom. Okay.
0: Everywhere on social media, I'll put this in the description of the show so you can link with her. Books are on Amazon, The Year of No Nonsense. You can tweet me at PL Campbell or join my Facebook community at Polly Campbell Author and sign up for the Awesome Life newsletter there too. And Meredith, thanks for being here. Thank you, Polly. It was fun. Remember, get clear about the nonsense you are allowing in and choose a no-nonsense life. I think that approach will help us all live well, do good, and be happy.